If you're strong, you can fly. You can reach the other side of the podcast. It's alright, sit and chill. There's an hour left to fill, and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GHC. Say your nuts and train no drinkers. GHC, GHC, the arrests and overthinkers. GHC, GHC, spinning through this crazy fandom. GHC, GHC, GHC. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the GHC, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. On behalf of my three fellow co-hosts, we are so happy you're here, and welcome to a very special episode. Knock, knock, it's Nathan. Toot toot Sonic Joshua, deep in somewhere or other. Hello, it's me again. And yes, indeed, we're going to get today into the nitty gritty of the Blue Blur himself. We uh, We generally talk about whatever comes along you know the the games the the comics if there's a film coming out at some point probably where's the trailer we don't know we're still waiting for it fingers crossed um but you know we'll wait and see about that but boy we've got a show for you tell them all about it g oh uh, yeah this is grantin hello it's me grant i'm the coolest i'm feeling good and we've got a good episode for you ahead. I want to remind you to check out the links in the description to follow us on the Twitter and to join us on the Discord. Hang out with us, talk Sonic all the live long day, and we'll talk right back at you, champ. Do all of those things. Hi, yes. I'm Lee, the fourth one, the all-important fourth one. I'm the podcast mascot, and I may remind you of Mr. Cool from the Fonz and the Happy Days Gang. <laughs> See, I did an American one this week. Wow. A bit before our time. I don't think I've ever watched that show. Hey. <laughs> I watched a lot of Happy Days on Nick at Night growing up. I don't remember a Mr. Cool. Well, Grant, that's where you fucked up big time. So you're to think of Happy Days. This is the Fonz and the Happy Days Gang from Hanna-Barbera. What? They travel through time. Lee making a, a deep cut that no one's ever heard of. That's un- unusual. Look, you wanted an American one. You're like, oh, what's Monster Munch? What's Monster Munch? I give you <laughs> the quintessential American cartoon mascot, Mr. Cool. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> we continue to ensure that this podcast is for absolutely nobody. <laughs> yeah. Sit on it, Grant. Hey, sit on it, Potsy. What? This is our 26th episode. We've been doing this for half a year of nonstop oh, wow. uh, weekly recordings, bringing you the content. And here we are at the season one finale. This is exciting. Yeah. We're, uh, we're wrapping it up for a short little break. We're going to go off and uh, you know just chill out. And maybe we'll play some Sonic games. Maybe we'll do some other stuff. We don't know. But we're going to... Well, I don't know. We'll come back when there's something more exciting to talk about, I suppose. Yeah, we'll come back, baby. Yeah, we'll, we'll be busy. We'll be busy brainstorming for season two. Plus, what a great opportunity for you, the listener, to get involved in the Discord and tell us what you want from a season two. Tell us what kind of con- what kind of uh, episode topics that uh, you feel like we've missed. We've definitely left a couple of uh, big topics on the table to come back to, but maybe there's also other, you know, maybe there's other butts to talk about. We've talked about Robotnik's <laughs> butt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe there's other game books to play. We played we played oh, Metal City Mayhem. 
who knows? Who knows well, what's we all, next? We all played it. We, we still haven't touched Archie comics. We haven't touched Saturday morning cartoon. Haven't touched the OVA. Didn't do anything on Sonic 2 yet. Oh my gosh. There's a lot to cover. Well, so don't worry too much. Uh, yeah, so please do uh, yeah, join the thing, email us, do whatever, let us know what you want us to talk about. Not because we've run out of topics, clearly, just because we, we just like to hear from you, don't we? We just, we just want to get involved with the fandom, with the community. We want to know all about your OCs, don't we? We're interested in a fan-created things. Mm. That's what we're interested in. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, in fact. Isn't wow, it? what a great segue, Josh. Thank you, mate. I know. I've been doing this for half a year, mate. I know what I'm talking about yeah so that is our topic for today and with that i'd like to welcome and introduce our guest today on the podcast we have ryan the founder of sonic fan games hq and the founder of sonic the hedge blog on tumblr and twitter welcome to the podcast ryan g'day i am the arlan that's what i am Welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Love your work on Sonic the Hedge blog. Yeah, I just followed that. In fact, I've got it open right now. <laughs> we do our research on this show yeah, in real time. I do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, fantastic stuff. Yeah, man. So tell us all about it. Tell us uh, how you got started. I guess right. Well, yeah. Like so. So I started um, like um, this is like back in 1998. Uh, I started a website called Sonic Fan Games HQ, which is now uh, a big, big game. Uh, uh, oh, it's still around today, which is uh, pretty surprising, all things considered. Mm. But uh, I started that, if anything, because uh, another website I did like at the time, which was Danny's Sonic Fan Games, uh, disappeared one day. And I was like, oh, I, I want to I do that as well. I want to keep that going. From that, like, I just got sort of really into watching, having people send me all these Sonic fan games, uploading them and having a forum as part of the, what was called the Sonic stuff research group, uh, who are all about hacking and, and all that sort of stuff, trying to figure out like how to make games, get all this sort of stuff in and, uh, making our own experiences in Sonic fan games. So we're, was that website then like one of the centralized hubs of that kind of like, you know, fan game community? Exactly. Um, and the Sonic Stuff Research Group was like pretty much a, a, a collective of different websites that really were, that's where like you'd find out about the Sonic 2 beta or like uh, how the lock-on technology worked. We had, I think the Simon Y Sonic 2 beta page was on there. There was these websites called Secrets of Sonic uh the area 51 website all this sort of stuff of just people going a lot of it was like let's go find uh screenshot or like the the screenshots that were in magazines of hidden palace zone and all that sort of thing so a lot of just discussion on what's what wasn't in a game and part of that then also became like people hacking the games finding sprites uh that weren't used and then figuring out ways to put them in or uh, part of that really was people wanting to recreate their own version of, say, the was it uh, the desert level that wasn't in Sonic Two, mm. uh, but in their own fan game and that sort of thing. When did you get into Sonic uh, to begin with? Do you remember? I bought Sonic Sonic One at a shop um, at some point with my my parents did I guess. Um, I my first my Mega Drive 
was my first console and it came with like it was like second hand it came with uh arnold palmer's tournament golf <laughs> uh tasty and mercs which was actually a good one and f22 interceptor so it was like nothing even remotely like sonic and i remember picking up the first game and seeing it at a shop and just really liking the that pal mega drive cover um and and getting it and i think from there it was just a case of having so much stuff around it that it was just everywhere so like i was watching the cartoons i was reading the comics any sort of uh media that i wanted to go and get i would be able to go go to the the video shop and get a and get a vhs or something like that and that just got me really into like all these different bits and just kept me going throughout these years were you a kid that was interested in like figuring out how things worked how did uh how did you like translate that love of like sonic into you know what you're talking about a second earlier of like wanting to explore like uh create a community for people to reverse engineer these games or add their own things i liked showing what people could do and then i wanted to be able to do that myself though ultimately never really got into making my own sonic fan game at the time because i was just too busy trying to update the website uh or doing any of that sort of stuff i made a i made a knights into dreams fan game uh and that was it but it was it was just like a really really small tiny thing but I think what got me into it was the, the the tools that we had. I knew I wanted to make games generally, and I bought a copy of Click and Play, which was this very early oh, sure. uh, tool to make uh, these games with, where you could just put in your own sprites. You'd have like a screen or whatever, and then that's what some earlier games were using to make these Sonic fan games. That then, because there wasn't such a thing as Unity or like an easy tool to do anything, it was just these very basic programs that allowed you to just go, if character hits ground, then stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And so things like click and play, click and create, multimedia fusion, all this stuff got people really into just like figuring out how to actually get this stuff to work and engage with that. And that eventually just turned into, okay, I'm sick of making these not really very good Sonic games. I want to figure out how to actually make them work for real. And it was, uh, I remember some of those when they came out, man. I mean, that was kind of like, I was following it a little bit. One of my mates got mm. me into all that stuff. Was it the Games Factory as well? Was there one called yes. that? Remembering that one? Yeah, man. I think Click and Create and the Games Factory were like the same thing, but like a different Maybe like a Europe versus American version or something. Uh, oh, standard. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Uh, so I remember all that stuff. And I think it's fascinating for like two reasons, really. Like Partly because like, as a player of games, you know, it was cool to have more Sonic stuff. Even if it was a little bit ropey, you know, a little bit handmade, it was like, oh, cool, more Sonic. You know, because mm-hmm. I think by that point we were, I was maybe 14, 15 years old. We had a bit of a Sonic drought, really, didn't we, for a exactly. while. Exactly. Um, but also it's just fascinating to me, like as a fan and, uh, you know, I kind of did a bit of fan art, a little bit of fan fiction. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, God help me. Um, but then also it's just fascinating when someone loves a thing so much that they learn how to recreate that thing and for people to kind of go in the back end and look at, you know, how the engine works and, and how it's programmed and then to recreate that is super fascinating. And they've, they've just got better and better and you know, culminating in, in Sonic Mania, really, isn't it, as well? Exactly. Is... And it sort of was that culmination, I think, of that drought of not having a new Sonic game 
between a, a real uh, 2D Sonic game between 95 and to uh, in 98 and then with Sonic Adventure coming out uh that meant that like people who really liked making sprites were like well I'm going to take Sonic 3 sprite but now I'll give him green eyes and yes. slightly different <laughs> shoes or something like that yeah and that then that got people yeah, to yeah. like that got people really engaged into that and then oh well I can make the sprite and then put it into a game and mm. then just going on in there and, and figuring out their own little stories uh, that they wanted to tell. Yeah. I suppose it was much more accessible as well uh, to yeah. go from like something like sprite art and a 2D like flash-based game or something like that. Because like you say, you couldn't just grab fucking the Unreal Engine and fuck around with it. Like you had to make do with a very limited tool set. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Our, our, you had those enterprising chaps uh, over making Sonic Robo Blast 2, but like apart from that, yeah, it was uh, there wasn't really such a thing as the 3D yeah. stuff. It was all yeah. yeah. But, and when you think of like Robo Blast 2, it was that it was like that at the time, like that was the most open source and mm. most customizable thing you could possibly get to actually like making a 3D mm. game. There wasn't like an easy way to get I don't know the Unreal Engine or Quake probably wasn't even that open source yet. No, but like to Doom, you could just figure out a lot of a lot of people were doing a lot of different stuff with Doom at that time. Yeah, mm. Josh, so that comment you made about these like handmade fan games made me think of like, oh, this is the artisanal Sonic, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. artisanal Sonic experience. <laughs> it is. It's a uh, you know oven baked, uh, hand torn, pan fried sonic games is what we're talking about here <laughs> ryan did you, yeah. do you care for sonic rule blast one yes i would <laughs> no of course i wouldn't don't be silly it's Robo blast two all the way baby um i ryan i played a few uh fan games here and there way back in the day but it wasn't something that i got like super deep into i'm curious since you spent so much time and energy you know uh hosting all these different games and you know kind of uh playing godfather to this burgeoning community did you how many of these fan games did you play and do you recall like any kind of gems from back in the day i mean i i've tried playing a lot of them just to make at least like a bit just to make sure they were good i'm pretty sure i would have gone and and said no to a few of them because they were just way too buggy but mm. even now you go back to some of those earliest ones and they're like just the so many of them will be like as soon as you sonic like jumps onto the bottom of a platform then you just sort of will just float uh, or get stuck in <laughs> stuck in collision and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so quite accurate, quite accurate to yeah. Tom's <laughs> output. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were so many of them that would, just, that would just like use the same Angel Island block of, of a sprite and then just put that a million different ways. But a lot of it was just like figuring out the ones that were just that little bit different in a way or were trying to be funny or just had nice art. Um, the ones that I remember were things like uh, when Tails gets bored oh, was one yeah. that was trying to be it was very trying to be funny at the time and like uh, the guy I think is Sonic Vegemite uh, who's still around I think <laughs> was just doing just weird stuff in there where he's just I'm bored so I'm going to do this Sales just giving you a bunch of weird tasks there was one called the search for knuckles that was like a weird uh, uh, search for Spock slash titanic parody <laughs> that only lasts like like two minutes the game only lasts like two minutes titanic and like star a, trek that's a combo it just yeah there's like something where you go oh there's a dog who comes as knuckles fell down the well you go downstairs you go down it and then the island's about to the island's about to crash and it just starts playing the titanic theme or something like that 
you know, very early 90s, you know, late 90s uh, parody stuff. Um, in the same way you probably would have gotten out of a, a Flash game if there was anything at the time. It's just bizarre though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But you got like Sonic Roboblast 2 and all that sort of stuff like was really cool. Uh, and even Sonic Epoch was a big one uh, that was uh, like a Saturn, uh, Sonic and uh, Sonic Saturday morning uh, game that was made in DOS. So it was like, oh man, this felt prestige because it wasn't just a click and play thing. Uh, someone had actually had to program this and make it work. Was that the <laughs> RPG? It was sort of like a 2D platformer, but it just had like... Okay. It, but like you could play as Sally and it, and it sort of looked a lot like the cartoon uh, as much as it could at the time. And Yeah, and it used to be GM. Yeah. It was also edgy because you, you went into the future, but Tails is there and he's saying swear words and, oh, and shit. stuff like mm. that as well. You know, the, the things that are the coolest when you're like 15. What was the uh, first fan game that you remember encountering? It's a question for the whole group also. It was probably Sonic Boom, uh, which was the first Sonic fan game that we, at the time, we knew that that was the first Sonic game, Sonic fan game we knew. And it's a game which like lasts a minute and a half and it's just Sonic throwing tomatoes to the right and then that's it. But that was probably the <laughs> first thing I could download because you needed, you know, on a 14K modem or whatever whatever it was, you know, that probably took about 10 minutes to download half a megabyte. Um, and so that was probably the first one I could actually play. The first one I recall is Sonic Roboblast 1. I think there were probably some other um, fan games that I had also downloaded and tried uh, around that time and probably even before that game, but they've been lost to my memory. Uh, Sonic Roboblast 1 is the one that I remember playing because I think I got, I, I beat it. I don't remember if I like beat it legitimately because there were some cheats that you could use to skip levels and stuff, but um, that was an interesting experience. We've talked a bit about it before on this podcast. It's very janky. You did, yeah. <laughs> so there's one, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like it had a bit of a story involving time travel. I don't think it was Sonic Time Twisters. I think it was a different one. And I think the first level, there was like a lot of grind rails and a lot of like OCs there in the background. Oh, well, it was that was the one by uh, Jamie Bailey. It might have been Sonic Time Attacked. Time Attacked. That's yeah. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the first one I encountered, but it's the first one I can remember playing. Um, and yeah, there was, I remember there was like I never played this one, but there was an RPG of a Sonic cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember that being around and thinking, yeah. oh yeah, that's cool. That's like people are doing all sorts of things with Sonic. The Sonic Time Attacks was like one of the one of the games that like this actually looks really nice the guy who made it Jamie Bailey just had a really good art style but also made these games that just could do things like grind rails which was something which not even the regular Sonic games were doing yet uh, so it was like a really neat thing to do it really stood out really stood out from the crowd yeah. um, so that's that's one I remember from that era I think you needed to really stand out, didn't you? Because it was so easy for just people to... Oh, look, I've made a, a sprite of Sonic runabout, and that's about it, you know? So anyone who... I don't know, for me, uh, Retro Sonic 
don't know, maybe that's the obvious answer, but like Retro Sonic, because it played like a Sonic game. And that's kind of what I was looking for. You know, I really appreciate that people were just letting their imaginations just go crazy with these things. But I think I was just looking for that kind of pure experience. I just wanted more of the same. And, and yeah, I had the Retro Sonic demo for ages. Um, absolutely loved it, man. Uh, it wasn't the first one I played. The first one I played was some ropey little, yeah, just flash based sort of like on macromedia like running about doing whatever but retro sonic was the one that stood out to me really so uh it was good to see uh it's good to see old tax man come good as well in the end <laughs> yeah exciting stuff um and what else is that? i mean are those kind of ones really appeal stuff like um is it sonic classic as well by hez and yep. uh yep. you've got um before and after the sequel those two as well just just really good stuff as well and the soundtracks are absolutely banging as per usual um it was really nice to actually see games actually get finished that yes, is that was definitely the it. thing that was ultimately the hardest thing is you can mm. it's really easy to start a project for a sonic game but it's really hard to actually like get the get it completed and even oh, sonic mate. classic 2 which just came out like i think mm. technically they were working on that for probably like eight years or something like that yeah it's a, mate it's a fucking epidemic isn't it really like it's just yeah it's a pretty classic iconic duo there of just like sonic fan games and not being fucking finished like and i appreciate people are doing that in their spare time they're probably people with like full-time jobs and all that so um it's a miracle really if anything does get done and those ones certainly also stand out to me as well but um they're just trying to emulate the experience of sonic team releasing unfinished games uh, <laughs> there it is <laughs> there it is indeed yeah we're going for the low-hanging fruit today ladies and gentlemen in a, in a strange turn of events uh grant what was your first one there mate you know, I, I I came to fan games pretty late. I, I this was not something that I was really seeking out back in the day. Uh, so I think maybe it would have been before the sequel or after the sequel was maybe the first one that I right. recalled. The first one that had a, a real impact on me that made me like take a step back and go, "Oh my gosh!" was Robo Blast Two uh, because mm-hmm. it was just so different from the other games that I'd been seeing. And by the time that I came across it, it, it was relatively complete. Now, of course, I'm a bit more interested in it, um, and I, I think it's like really exciting what we've been seeing more recently like one of the more recent uh i think it was part of the uh oh shoot i forget what it's called the uh sonic fan game amateur games expo yeah there it is sage thank you sage uh was uh watching our friend david the lurker play uh big's big adventure that was pretty cool that was uh I, i was really impressed with uh how big that world was uh and how much big got to do in it um so that was pretty cool. And then obviously you see like these tech demos now of like Sonic Utopia and Sonic, uh, uh, what is it? GT and, and some of these other ones that are pretty impressive, but I, I can't play them on, on my computer. So I kind of just watch YouTube videos. It's pretty wild. Like just watching. So like, even for myself, like I fell out of the fan game stuff for quite a while. Uh, once I left, cause again, it's like, Oh, I'm going to uni and I have a job now and I'm doing all these <laughs> things. Um, but sort of just fell back into it in 2016 when I was when I was just getting a bit nostalgic for all that stuff and checking out what was going on in Sage. Um, and so, but now and that so that time was like going back to playing games like the um, Sonic Classic and uh, but the before and after sequels and stuff and going mm-hmm. wow things are just pretty crazy and like looking so good now. Uh, with what they can do and now it's a case 
now everyone's there's actually so many engines that people have now made to allow you to make a sonic game uh be it mm-hmm. through like um you know uh all these different uh apps but like now it's a case of okay you can make a sonic game but what are you going to do differently what's the thing that like stands out compared to the other ones that makes it unique and interesting to play and people keep up they keep on thinking of these new ideas um yeah the one that's really impressed me is um sonic studio which that's the people who don't know think of the name. Yeah, yeah yeah it's basically like mario maker for sonic which is you know that's a much bigger task to undertake than a mario you know a mario level editor where everything's you've got your mm diagonals and you've got your flats you didn't didn't get the diagonals until mario maker 2 um but then sonic you've got all these loops and slopes and it's a mm. huge undertaking but my god the lad's done it <laughs> yeah i know and just seeing what you can do he just like pulls these like splines out and it kind of just uh, he's managed to automate so much of it that you just like you can just drag and drop and stretch things out and just move them about and uh and it's remarkable. Like he's coming at it from that technical perspective. Lapper is the name of the guy Lapper, who's making this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it from a technical perspective, and he's got the art in there as well. You know, he's he's drawing all the sprite art for it. Yeah, he could have just as easily used the original graphics, and no one would have complained. Um, but no, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, like these. Yeah. I'd say I'd say they're. Yeah, I'd, I'd say a lot of it. It is on par with Sonic Mania. It's like a bit of a different different look to it. Like the Sonic Studio Green Hill is very different to the Mania Green Hill, but it looks professional. It does. He's redrawn a lot of the... So he's recreating a lot of the Sonic 1 zones, isn't he? But they're redrawn at like a... Just like a a higher quality, essentially, with more going on in the background and just like more detail going on in there. And I mean, that's what we want to see, really, isn't it? Like I said, I mean, for me at least, I just want more of the same. I want Sonic, but just like nicer looking and more levels and just keep it simple, really. Just more of that sort of thing. So fan games increasingly are sort of where I turn to to get that because where the fuck is Sonic Mania 2, boys? uh, (laughs) It's it's a sad time. Another podcast. It's a sad story. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I want you know, years from now, will we be seeing fan games made with Sonic Studio? Will people people be saying, "Oh, here's like mm. Sonic Double Eternity Return of Infinite made in Sonic <laughs> Studio"? <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it certainly could be to make it more user friendly. I think is is just a wonderful thing. Anyway, uh, you know, I think it's natural. Sonic fans especially want to sort of like create or recreate things that they enjoy the most. And what put me off as a kid was just not knowing what the fuck to do with these tools that were available, you know, with the uh, games factory or anything like that, you download it and it's like, open it up. Okay. Now what I was expecting it to be like, um, I did a little bit of web design when I was at college. So I was about age 16 at that point and it was using Dreamweaver. So you could use it. If you didn't know coding, you could still, do it from like a visual perspective, drag and drop elements in and kind of fluff it and, and make it up as you go along. But there was no real version of that for like making a Sonic game. You didn't have like a yeah. visual interface, like a, like a Mario Maker where you could just, 
you know just drop things in and kind of make it work and and that certainly put me off because i'm a dummy <laughs> so i was like i don't fucking know what i'm, I'm going to learn how to code c plus plus i haven't even seen the first c yet i don't know that's way too advanced that's two whole pluses more i'm fucking way behind i don't Do know I what i'm doing to learn so. a and b first yeah exactly right yes i am that much of a dummy big dumb idiot hey see those I, books I that's like that's not learn it from dummies <laughs> you did you say <laughs> that no i'm saying that i'm saying that i get a book it's like learn c plus plus for dummies and i read it and i'm like i don't even fucking understand this i'm that much of a dummy that's how yeah but hey Mate. i love drawing so yeah it's it's, it's, yeah, it's bit, do that it's sad josh you're only an artist musician comedian uh yeah. singer 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 songwriter poet um podcast host you make a good chili <laughs> i can definitely all right I'll, yes to the chili everything else i don't know but vegetarian chili <laughs> sonic games though yeah i want to make those like fuck fuck chili like <laughs> it is delicious but so so yeah so something like sonic studio just is it really you know piques my interest um i think more of that sort of thing please you know yeah um but in spite of that, you know, there's still these such enterprising individuals out there making these incredible things, you know, and um, so much of it is just handmade, you know. And, this is extremely cool. You know, artisanal. Artisanal Sonic. I, I was going to ask, <laughs> do you all remember, this is um, quite a while ago now, I can't even place it in the timeline in my head, but Sega released uh, some kind of Sonic level maker thing on their website. Um, oh, yeah. And- yeah, yeah. It was, was it just Green Hill Zone? And it was like a weird, like sort of a diamondy. It, it wasn't the Green Hill, but it was like a, actually like a unique, like level design style. But like I'm not quite sure what it was for or like where it sort of went. <laughs> yeah, it was not on the on their website for too long. I think it kind of disappeared for a while. But there was that period of time, yeah, where Sega was doing a lot of weird experimental kind of stuff on their websites. I thought that was interesting. They were like selling a shitty um saturn uh control usb uh, yeah, pad yeah. to use with that thing or something mm. like that and it looked like a Place knockoff it. version of it with yeah uglier branding i'm not sure if it was actually good or not yeah i don't know i i, I heard it was they made like a, a good one and then later on they made a shittier version for the people who didn't get the good one the first time around so they got fucked twice I remember, <laughs> well yeah the, and they were only released in japan or something i import i own like three or something like that they're still sitting somewhere in a box uh yeah i imported them mm. and i wanted the different colors so i got like a gray one with the blue buttons or something and then uh, the white one with the color buttons i liked that con- uh color scheme i wish that uh, we'd gotten some officially released stuff like mm. that in the u.s here mm. yeah I like the This Is Cool controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one with uh, transparent, but also with the colored buttons. Oh, that's that's oh, hot yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about Sage earlier on. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, were you there at the beginning of that? How did that get started? Because I'm super interested. It went from just like a loose collection of people making whatever to just this organized yearly event. You know, it's quite interesting. Mm. Well, it was definitely okay. I mean, I was, I, was, I, I had a booth at the first Sage. Um, and I still actually have like a backup of that one booth. It was uh, Samba de Amigo themed. Um, but all it had was like a bunch of the sprite edits that I had made um, on like in the, the web, web view version of Click and Create and some like very lo- loose prototypes of some ideas I had. Mm. But it was basically all, uh, I think it was a case of like, uh, 
as we've just mentioned, uh, fan game creators have a really hard time of like actually finishing anything uh, or, or getting anything done. So what Sage was intended to sort of be was, can we get something, can we set a date for something so that we have to have it done by this date? Uh, so if you want to have a demo completed, we can actually go here, make a booth a bit like an E3 um, and go, hey, I've, I've completed the demo. Here it is. Everyone go download it now. And I think that's one of the things that it is still very useful for now is that people need to have something to go towards to actually finish up their demo or what have you. So almost like kind of like a, a game jam experience, but um, not as a compressed a timeline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing with the, so the Sonic and Adventure Game Expo and now the, like the Sonic hacking content contest, which will be uh, this week, uh, I think starting uh, uh, October 11th, uh, are like, okay, who cool. here's like a week that we, you, here's all these different prototypes or demos or what have you just to show off your skills at something and, and, and show it to the world. Um, and I think now, especially because you can have podcasts or uh, YouTubers or whatever playing through this stuff, it's like it gets like a lot of people really excited and people get really excited just to have even acknowledgement that someone has actually played their game because uh, it's such a it's such an ego boost to them mm-hmm. uh, and that will encourage them to either continue making that or maybe they'll go and try to make their own brand new game that hasn't got Sonic in it at all but might be inspired by it. Mm. Yeah, we've we've seen seen some of that in Sage recently. Well, even games like uh, Freedom Planet, uh, yeah. I believe, started off as a Sonic fan game. Uh, really? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then that yeah. just got slowly and slowly more. It was, I think it was like mm. a Sonic fan game that was the, the character, the, the main character of it, I think, was just literally a Sonic uh, sprite uh, edit oh, uh, wow. initially. Okay. And then that just continued on and on. It's like, yeah. oh, actually, I can actually... I can actually like sell this and like make it for real. I don't have to be uh, held yeah. back by the Sonic brand in it. And the same with um, Spark, the electric Spark. Fiesta. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna at some point. I love that fucking game, dude. Like clearly, I mean, that guy made those before Sonic before and after the sequel stuff. Mm. So for then you go, well, I can keep doing this and just for fun, or I can actually try to make this my job and actually make this for real and and try to make something. Uh, uh, that I can sell and put onto a console or on Steam. Yeah, and I, I have both of them, and they're they're spectacular. I'm, I'm mm. a huge fan. Uh, and I thought it was super interesting as well is that Spark Two uh, is just like a huge departure from the first one. The first okay. one being say, kind of inspired by the Sonic games, but also things like Mega Man. There's a little bit of Dynamite Heady in there, a little bit mm-hmm. of Kirby. Um, and then Spark Two is just like bam, fucking Sonic Adventure. You know, it's just. Yeah. it's and I, I don't mean that in like a disparaging way like it is just again i like more of the same i like what i like i want more of that if it's with a different character fine i don't give a shit like yeah um but it is is that sort of fast uh action platformer sonic adventure 2 style thing that we didn't get any more of after sonic adventure 2 they just fucked the whole thing off and, and went in mm. a completely different directions so it's so cool to see that as well and, and to yeah. to take it to our, literally another dimension in the same way of like there's so many games now that you might even consider to be like fan games from the start like 
uh, uh, what was it like Volgar the Viking or mm. um, like Bloodstained is a game which is very clearly inspired by Castlevania and all the Castlevanias yeah. that he made. But, like that's actually okay to do now. You can just make a game based on the things that you like and you can actually sell it on Steam now because it's so much easier to actually release something on a console or mm. or on Steam because you could just make it in Unity and then just put the plugins in and then in theory uh, it should come out on, on consoles or mobile or whatever you've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Just the kind of whole accessibility of both like creating and um, delivering stuff to players. It's awesome. We are, um, yeah, we're all spoiled now in this current era. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, man. It really, it's nice because it blurs the lines between the sort of creators and the fans as well. And then, you know, like, as I say, and you were saying, much more accessible now and, and anyone can kind of make it and put it out there. And then those people are inspired and they in turn create something. Um, I don't know. Exactly. I, I feel like there's like, do you think like I do that there's a fine line between... Uh, something being kind of inspired by and being just kind of like derivative of, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like it's so easy for people to, and now that outrage is so popular to someone to look at something like Bloodstained and be like, <laughs> Castlevania much? Like, that's a bad thing. You know, uh, there's so many things like, oh, it's in the 90s, it was, oh, this is just a Doom clone or something, right. you know, uh, or even now oh this is dark souls like uh, it's the dark souls of x you know yeah um and it seems much more derivative and it's kind of like looking at it from quite a negative viewpoint but it's mm. i don't know when something wears its uh inspirations on its sleeve i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh it's definitely a case of like uh you can do that but like you need to figure out how you stand out against uh mm. the world because like you could just make a castlevania game and then that's it but like who, who really cares. Uh, but if you can give it like a bit of story or something that's interesting in, in that way, uh, you see that with uh, like, you know, a lot of the Metroidvania type games that are out there now uh, mm. where you can, you can, lots of people have made them, but only a few of them really sta- end up standing out and like being, uh, uh, being something that was, uh, that can inspire other people in the end as well. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that is um, visually, you know, and I'm, I'm a major proponent of the kind of visual side of things. I like games. I don't necessarily call it all, all games are artwork or whatever. They have to still be fun to play. I don't, you know, esoteric just for the sake of it doesn't really do it for me. But like the visual aspect of it is always going to kind of grab my attention. And so something like uh, Hollow Knight or Ori series, you know, where they, they are kind of like a Metroidvania presentation, but visually they really stand out and they're just instantly kind of oh wow look at that um and yeah i was going to mention hollow knight as like hollow knight is this uh game which has you know you could just say it's like a castlevania but it's got its own uh or a a castlevania meets a dark souls kind of thing Mm. but it's visual aesthetics and everything like just is the thing that like really inspires people and same with like games like salt and sanctuary or like other oh, stuff yeah. that can be inspired by stuff like that when they've got a really unique hook or look to them that's mm. where like people can get into it same with like shovel knight yeah oh yeah, that's, yeah the that's whole just like discoverability well. and like being able to get exposure in this you know ever-growing ocean of content and mm. um, stuff is crazy yeah like joshua you were saying about you know maybe derivativeness or uh kind of like the remix culture of 
game inspiration and all that. You know, that's just kind of where it seems all media has been becoming more and more like, right, with just like all of meme culture, especially. But, you know, just kind of like taking ideas yeah. and then like putting your own spin on it. Um, but I do appreciate, yeah, when all these interesting game concepts or um, visual aesthetics and stuff like that can take something old and make it new and fresh. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things more recently, like, like it's also a thing like this has happened forever. Right. Uh, my partner put on an old episode of the honeymooners a few weeks ago. And it's like, this is just Fred and Barney and Yogi yep. bear. And this is just literally, <laughs> they just went, all right, let's cut the, the honeymooners, but they're in the stone age. And it's like literally just mockery of the two main characters in that show. Like no, people don't even remember what they sound like. They just sound like Fred and Barney. Like this has been a constant thing of like ripping off people mm. <laughs> on a constant basis. He's Fred, the thing with plagiarists. Jesus, you with your Barney Robert. Oh, he's here again. Barney's here again. Jesus. Um, Sorry, I'm because... in Barney. I'm in Barney Rubble now. They oh, call me slang for the international audience. Oh, right. Sorry, of course. Yeah, good, good, good work there. I'm closer <laughs> than you. You're not allowed. You're from the north. Okay, um, you'll do it then. You'll do it. I'm not going to do, do it. it. No, do this it. Do is it. Not, this isn't the do Barney it. Rubble podcast. No. We're rebranding. Shut um, <laughs> up. No. Um, I think that, though, but that's going to be, you know, like fan gamers are now. Like they, the Honeymooners came out, what, like 20 years or more before flintstone so i mean like you're making a reference like a mm-hmm. reference to something it's not exactly like contemporary is it it was more like they were inspired uh to then create something similar and then take it in another direction like yeah. sonic fan gamers are doing yeah. you know yeah. and then to then go on and make their own stuff um but as i said earlier on and if we can talk about that for like sonic mania and in the in and this is the ultimate compliment as well is it is just the ultimate sonic fan game uh and Absolutely. i feel that more Sonic games should be made by fans because they know, broadly speaking, what we want. <laughs> uh, broadly yeah. speaking, Mania showed a deeper understanding of the series than the series has shown. Yes, it's all about filling a void. Filling a void, like we're talking about, is it okay if it's derivative? And sometimes the point is, yes, it's derivative, but we don't make these kinds of games anymore. So when we saw these Metroid-style games. That was when we weren't getting 2D Metroids, when we weren't getting any 2D Castlevanias anymore. Um, You know, it's like this this demand for like Sonic Mania and all the Sonic fan games. Like I said, they came from you had the drought during the post Mega Drive era, and then you know you had your Game Boy Advance games. But then with Sonic Rush, it became a different thing entirely. So there was still the demand for just your traditional bread and butter sonic games and yeah. we've seen that across multiple genres yeah whether it's like yep. the blue sky arcade racer your metroids type your like yeah. traditional sonic games they're all filling the voids we don't really see these fan projects sort of overlapping with the big popular games of the current era because that that's already catered to yeah, the yeah. game industry is still, you know, relatively young comparatively, but we're now at the point now where we can hit like, you know, 20, 40 year nostalgia uh, genre revivals, which is basically like what we're seeing happen with a lot of this kind of stuff. And I did want to point out, I guess, really quickly that um, 
Sega, I think, deserves a lot of credit for being like with how cool they have been with like the fan game communities in general and, you know, like turning Sonic Mania into essentially an official fan game release and all that. And I think historically they've always been really um, good about uh, not just killing off creativity in the fan community, unlike some other companies in the industry. Yeah. And with just like with, you know, the Sonic 1 and 2 remakes on mobile and then and CD and Mania now. And even um, during that symphony, uh, the Sonic symphony recently, there was like a, a, a chow garden, like a bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, and they were using like a camera mod that was made for Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, that someone had made so that you can like follow around chow or make your own chow uh and all that sort of stuff so they and they were like actually gave them credit in the credits for that whole thing as well like thank you for making this mod Mm -hmm. for this old game and stuff like that they've been doing the ring series recently too of like spotlighting oh yeah uh, Mm. some fan game creators Mm -hmm. so yeah they've been really good about it yeah i think the thing you did mention like with what Sonic team is trying to do. I think the issue at the moment is they're not quite sure what they need to do or <laughs> what they want to do. Um, Cause it's yeah. uh, with, even within <clears throat> a game like Sonic forces, it's just a bit all over the place and f- clearly feels like they were trying to make a different game. Then didn't have enough time for it or got mm. rebooted halfway or something along those lines, which is always hard, I guess. But like um, it's, it's always just going to be hard figuring out that sort of thing. It's interesting that they are still, you know, like I was saying, blurring the lines again between the sort of the, the developers and the creators and the fans again uh, yep. in doing like the the Sonic Rings spotlight stuff that Grant was mentioning. You know, they're having like the voice of Sonic and then they're having like one of the YouTubers. Like it's just like they're putting them all on par with each other. They're all part of this thing that the fans are sort of as important as the games themselves which is kind of cute i suppose um and then also with the the avatar you know i mean that's something that if you're not making fan games you're at least drawing your your own characters aren't you you're that type of fan uh and so to incorporate that i think was a yeah it was a stroke of genius man i'll be honest with you like i I, even i was excited like i'm that fucking lame dude like i was like sweet i can make you know josh the hedgehog <laughs> here we go here we fucking have go. you played the game um, and uh googled what comes <laughs> up when you search josh the hedgehog oh god yeah yeah i don't want to do that again <laughs> i mean that's one of the things though as well like way back in, in the in back in the day when i started like i've got like a, mm. a character i made that's like a duck with a with the purple hair um as my character <laughs> oh, a duck. but back in yeah, but back in 98, it was like, well, you're not meant to put your real face or your real name up anywhere. Oh, so you yeah. basically have two options. You have make a sprite edit from a Sonic game or a, a South Park wrestler oh my God. Uh, <laughs> character or something like that. I remember those character creators, yeah, making those avatars. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, Kane, it's Kane from WWF, except he's a South Park character or like that sort of thing. So you, that, those are the two options, I think. I don't like this Joshua Hedgehog. Uh, did you did you find one? <laughs> well, Fuck the number you, one result. No, it's it's what? It's, mm. Let me look it up. I, uh, I'm using DuckDuckGo. Is that going to fuck me over? Oh, it might. It might do. I might. It's going to be all ducks, like Ryan's <laughs> <I have> to, <laughs> character. Perfect. <laughs> I have to use. Oh wait, 
Are you looking yeah. at the uh, fandom wiki? Is this like a wiki for fan characters? Yeah. Oh, wow. There are several of them, apparently, because I'm on a completely different one as well. And this is the shit I'm talking about. They're so overwrought. Joshua, Ventilus King, or Josh the Hedgehog, is the lesser deific king of Ventilus. He's also the main character of the wiki, which, I mean, I'm, I'm all on board with that. <laughs> uh, full name, Joshua Celeria Zephyrus, the being of the wind, formerly the lesser ancient hog, Ventilus King, overpowered light bulb. Uh, he's uh, 1,237 years old. What? It's <laughs> a very specific age. Well, Ryan the Hedgehog is like just trunks from Dragon Ball. I'm pretty sure like 60% of of these characters are just trunks from Dragon Ball Z. More or less. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Silver the Hedgehog, hedgehog really. So basically that. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing um, the same thing over at Sega. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't know about all of this, man. I mean, maybe, maybe not everybody. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, that fucking ratatouille is what i'm trying to think of you know like what, the pixar movie he says everyone yeah you know like oh everyone can cook well it's you know and then he learns at the end that not everyone can cook but a great cook can come from anywhere what i'm saying is you know maybe not everyone should be making fan games maybe not everyone should be on the internet but really <laughs> um yeah let the kids have their fun josh i've Fine. Yeah, I know, but I'm not a kid. I'm I'm 1,237 years old. I'm, like, I'm an old man. You've and seen I'm, this shit. I've seen it all, and I, I'm too old for this shit, and I can't be bothered with it anymore. Um, no, I like it when they, you know, I mean, fuck all, yeah, fuck all this silliness. Like, just fan games, I want them to look and play like the old ones. And I know that is... No, it's just amazing like, to me that this uh, Name the Hedgehog uh, meme is like at least 10 years old or something and it's still like is there still people producing all of this fan character yeah. content to yeah. this day it's wild people to me. love it some uh, one uh, on a similar note like recently there was a post i made on the sonic the hedge vlog of like this was a sent in artwork from like the 18th issue of archie's comic uh and i was like oh this actually looks really cool and then it was actually the guy who drew it uh, was like, oh shit, that was my, that was what I drew. Oh wow! He's like, uh, he's like a concept artist. He, he was like a, a boarding artist for the new Transylvania uh, Hotel Transylvania film. Like he's done a lot of art and stuff like that. Wow, uh, that's really like, cool. Yeah, like you know, some of the uh, even uh, Jay Axer, I think, was one of the oldest yeah. artists. He's yeah, he's an artist on like Hearthstone now or something. I think actually, right, I think yeah. I just got that because I was reading, listening to your last episode. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, where did you find that? Out? I mean, yeah, people can certainly go on to create some wonderful things, and I know I'm just being a miserable old cunt. And you know, yes, make make your OCs, make your fandom bullshit. It's fine. Everyone's having a great time. And I don't know if if everyone listened to me, uh, it'd be pretty fucking boring right because you wouldn't have uh modern fan games even you wouldn't have like you mentioned earlier on something like sonic omens sonic gt uh mm-hmm. any of those other ones people pushing it to this next level and that's still fascinating to me as well that i know the tools are you know a little bit more widely available now but even um so many of them are, are that sort of tech demo thing of just like you run around a sort of a flat field or there's just some untextured, you know, loops and, and bits to bounce off of. But then there's people that are just pulling out entire games with voice acting and music and just like the whole, the whole shebang, man. 
And it, it seems unique to Sonic, almost. Like, I'm it, sure, yeah. like, every video game series, you know, you get fan art, fan characters, you know, fan games even. But Sonic, like, more than anything else, like, more than series that outsell it, you know, you don't see the Mario fan games. <laughs> I mean, well, well that has get, to do with the litigiousness. The Mario yeah. fan games. <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah. look, you don't search your name the plumber, you know, you don't search <laughs> your name the Goomba. Yeah. Super um, Josh. Exactly, Super Josh That's the craziest thing to me is that you can like Google any name you can think of the hedgehog and you're going to get something. That's just that's incredible to me. I guess just the universal appeal of that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. People just seem to engage with it differently, as we all did. You know, when I was 17 and a complete shithead, I was doing the exact same fucking thing. I'm not saying the people who do it are shitheads. Oh god, I'm just digging it deeper and deeper today, aren't I? Fuck, I'm sorry, man. You know, I've got I've got a sore neck. I'm on a lot of painkillers. I'm I'm sorry. Oh. It's coming from a place of love, though. It's like, yeah, we're we're teasing. <laughs> we're te- we're, look, we're teasing. We're poking fun a bit. Like, oh, Joshua Hedgehog is a thousand years old. But I know. But yeah, you get Joshua Hedgehog. You get you get Sonic Mania. You get or you know these. Yes, it's all there. It's it's all it's, part it's a... of the mix. It's all part of the exactly. mix. Exactly. It's a series that has inspired so much creativity, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, yeah, I know I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this guy's leg over here, but like, or I'm pulling something, but like, <laughs> it's, um, it's just remarkable. He's got an entire storyline. He's got characters. He's got, you know, locations. It's just a remarkable amount of creativity that, uh, yeah, and that's certainly seen in the fan games or the fan art, fan fiction, any of that other stuff. And I suppose like NT saying that it's because Sega won't fucking sue you if you do it. <laughs> that's they, they, that's they, part they of get it. Away with it. I think, I think it, it's also like there, there's always not always, but since the first sequel, the first two sequels in the Sonic series, there's been this extended world and this extended cast and Knuckles doesn't look all that different from Sonic. Like it's like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can, I, I see the mm. template for how a character is created in this universe, and yeah. I can do something that fits that sort of vibe. And then as well with the fan games, it's like there's so there's this feeling of like unfinished business with so many of the, the Sonic <laughs> yeah. games, where mm. the games are literally unfinished, or there's this massive void like we're talking about. Or there's just like, there's just, it's, it's like, ah, I, it, this game is so close to being so good, but if only it did this or that a little bit differently. Whereas separate from the litigiousness of Nintendo, it's also like you, you don't, you're not left wanting more from most Mario games. It's like, it's like, oh, they, they nailed mm-hmm. it. That's, that's everything you want to do with that concept uh, until the next iteration. Yeah. There's yeah. no one going out to fix Mario Odyssey. You're not, there's yeah, nothing there yes. to fix. Right, exactly. Yeah, there is just this gap. It does. It is a thing where, like, Sonic has some, in some cases, broken people's brains a bit. Where it's like, no, this is so <laughs> broken, but I must fix it. Yeah. Uh, or, or gotten so into it where they go, no, I must. I now must break the other games to be more like this. Um, I've just been going through some of the entries for the new Sonic hacking competition, and mm. it's either like, okay, I need to fix Sonic 06. There must be something we can do to solve and fix the things yeah. here. But also mm. someone has made mods where you can actually play Sonic Generations as if it were like Sonic 06. And it's like, <laughs> oh, but why? <laughs> See, it's un- unfinished business. It's a it's a fan community of ghosts, and it's a, yeah. it looms large over the, the whole series. <laughs> It's like I appreciate the effort that you're putting into this, but why? Like, you yeah, could be, funny. you know, if no one wants to try to fix Sonic's weird animations 
in Sonic 06 where his hands are just a little bit too far out. It just looks like he's <laughs> got his hands splayed out on the left <laughs> and right. No, no, no. They just want to put that into every other game. I know. I suppose it's because partly because they can, whether they should or not, is yeah. not for me to decide. Uh, but um, they, it's, it's like people engage with the series completely differently. So many people in so many different ways. You know, maybe that's why there. You know, you get fan games that go in and fan content that goes in all different directions because the series itself has gone in all different directions. It's something which I've learned a lot through doing Hedgeblog now mm. is what the actual so now it is a popular twitter account it's got like fifty-five thousand followers what is my audience here and mm. it's not necessarily people who are like me or you guys who grew up in the early not in the early 2000s doing all this stuff a lot of these some of the most popular posts i make are for like sonic rush or sonic rivals because it was the first games that these kids played now like 15 years ago were sonic rush or sonic or, or had their ds or their psp and that was their first platform so that's where their expectations are and so they know like the characters from those games and mm-hmm. so it's like oh okay i need to figure out like what and then from that that's where you see people who just are really into sonic 06 because it probably was their first game because it was they got xbox 360 and that was the game that they got in 2006 yeah. unfortunately um, or Unleashed now. It's like a lot of people are back into Unleashed or trying to get that stuff out there because it's what they grew up with. That's uh, simultaneously adorable and very disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's charming, though. I think it's nice. It, it's it's kind of amazing that like games as rough as those can still inspire the same devotion as yeah. the Genesis games. Even now, I'm, I'm I'm listening to a couple of podcasters like on Giant Bomb or whatever, and it's like this kid just keeps wanting to play Sonic All Stars Racing Transformed or something, and it's just like, haha! It's just it's still he still is cool to kids, yeah. and mm. you know even with the movie that's out and the sequel coming out, even though there hasn't been any real new game between them <laughs> to actually like try to use any of the the momentum that they've got. Um, it still is a popular enough character that people and mm. looks cool that people want to uh, interact or wheel or play with it. They struck gold at the beginning, taking Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. Felix the Cat, oh. and Bugs Bunny's <laughs> attitude and mixing them together. It's uh, it's a recipe for success. There's something about it that again. It's the yeah. it's the Flint it's the Flintstones uh, thing again. Yes, <laughs> it's like ah, yeah, just literally. put those things together and make him blue. Give him Michael Jackson's shoes, whatever. Yeah. That's the creative process, baby. <laughs> yeah, nothing is created in a vacuum since the beginning of time. Well, you couldn't create it in a vacuum. It'd get all dusty, wouldn't it? <laughs> Grant, play sound effects. We've got the... How about time for uh, last gaffes? What do you think? Here they come. Last gaffes for season one for fan games. Last hot takes. Gotta get them in there time's running out so my last gasp is going to be a recommendation of a fan game i have played and enjoyed um yes sonic triple trouble 16 bits by noah copeland it's ostensibly a remake of sonic triple trouble but uh mega drive standards and it's not a hack he's done it all all himself he's like replicated the sonic free 
like gameplay physics style. But yeah, it's all all bespoke, and it's it may as well be a brand new game. It's practically brand new Sonic Free sequel inspired by Sonic Triple Trouble, and it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It does look good. Yeah, yeah, cool. it's still a working is a work in progress. Um, there's been a couple of demos out, and you can play two or three zones. Yep, that's my recommendation. Go check it out. If I'm talking recommendations, I don't know. I just want Sonic Mania 2. It's all I can think about. And I know that the boys, are, they've got their own game coming. It's a 3D action game. I'm very excited. Evening Star are making that. And I'm sure it's going to be absolutely banging. But you know what? All right, fine. Hot take. All of these games, Sega, hire these people. Hire them all. Hire every single fucking one of them. Put them on the payroll. Just crank out some 2D, 3D, whatever, Sonic fan games. Slap the the official brand on it the sega seal of quality or whatever just give them a go it couldn't possibly be any worse than what you've been up to (laughs) (laughs) let's let's see them if you're gonna because they skirt it don't they they're like oh we'll spotlight this fan creator we'll spotlight this we'll have you up there on the here and but it's on the edge you know fuck it no get them in get them in the office get them a desk put them on the payroll let's see it happen it's gonna be better than sonic 4 not hard no, <laughs> no, it really isn't. It really, really isn't. And I think there's no. I think there's some. I know it's easy to do the whole Sega hire this guy, but I think the future of it really might actually be with fans because they're the ones who care about this stuff because they care about the character, they care about how it's portrayed, and they're going to make something. It might not be. You might not engage with it the way that they engage with it. You know, you might people want to put some Satam characters in it or some crazy shit like that. But I feel like if you care about what you're making, you're going to make something good and. I want to see more fan games in that vein. More Sonic Mania. Not not necessarily Sonic Mania 2, but Sonic Sonic Mania adjacent. Let's see that, please. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. So if it's a ice cold fucking take that, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, it's all good. My hot take, Josh, is you mentioned something about mm. fan fiction up top. You got to read mm. that on one Good. of our future episodes in season two, baby. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I've got it anymore. I wrote like a, I wrote a Sonic CD adaptation uh, and also some sort of like post Sonic adventure adventure. Um, Christ knows where they are now. I wrote them when I was about 13 years old. They are long gone. Mm, Thank God for that. Too bad. Sorry. Write a new one. (laughs) There you go. Maybe, maybe I become friends with Sonic and help save the day. Jesus, Grant, save us! How, how about you, Ryan? Do you have any last gas for us? Any last uh, gasps? Got to pronounce that P. So uh, yeah, this week is the Sonic Hacking Contest. Uh, you hey. can check that out at uh, sh uh, sh so shc dot zone. Uh, I'll just uh, name off a few of the ones that I've seen, which I thought were pretty fun. Big the Cat in Sonic 1. You can play as Big the Cat in Sonic 1. Uh, Hellfire Saga. Hellfire Saga is like a Sonic meets uh, Ghouls and Ghosts sort of thing. Ooh, dramatic. Tails, Sonic 2 Tails Explosion. You can't let Tails touch the ground or he explodes next to you. So you <laughs> need to keep him away from you. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, Sonic Anniversary Edition, which uh, adds remix music to each act and adds, adds like an alternate stage layouts and has like a voiced Eggman in it, which is interesting. Oh. Um, Sonic 2 Pink Edition allows you to play as Amy and Cream uh, together. Um, 
Sonic CD episode Metal adds Amy and Metal Sonic as characters in the Steam version of Sonic CD. And last one was Sony Hawk Pro Skater. It makes a skateboarding stage in Sonic Generations where it adds uh, Tony Hawk's head onto Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we have made it. Ryan, on a scale from E to S, give this episode a ranking for how your time has gone with us today. Uh, let's go with an S. Yes, wow. Yeah, we made it. That does it. That's a wrap. My last gasp is just thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you yeah. for uh, supporting the podcast. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Thanks, Nathan and Josh, for starting this endeavor with me. Thanks, Lee, for being here and uh thanks uh thanks uh we'll we'll see you in season two check us out in season two sometime in the future yeah to be continued man because after all i think everyone's waiting for the game book episode two aren't they oh yeah we left that one on the cliffhanger yeah well i i'm waiting so so so, ryan keep on waiting ryan is marine raccoon appropriation Uh. (laughs) (laughs) very good (laughs) yeah Yeah, okay.